The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Nisim and Elias Bassan Hashem Ishmerem Vehayem in memory of their dear mother Sarah Bat Malka. Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by the Nishmat of Ram Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by Atzlaha and Shmirat. Should protect us from our enemies and for all Hasbi Shalom Tsarot and Bazat Hashem Shomer Israel Shomer Shirit Israel Baal Yovad Israel Emotion Emar Nelo Yanum Velo Yishan Shomer Israel Ubal Yishan Goel Amen Amen. We begin today's Dap on Ayn Alif Amud Bet on the bottom. Line. We are in the Gemara's discussion over here on the different uh, 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 strings, threads of the different garments of the uh, Kohen Gadol or the Kohanim. And we went through that whenever it says, for example, the word Shesh in the Torah, it means that it was sixfold. We discussed uh, different garments uh, that were twelvefold, uh, twenty-four, and uh, twenty-eight. So now we're going to go back and bring sources for all the garments that we did not discuss until this point. So the Gemara is up to the Me'il. That's the robe that the Kohen Gadol wore. And that robe was all made out of one material, the Chelet. That's the blue, uh, the blue, to the blue string. So the Gemara says, Me'il Shenem Asar. The Me'il was actually twelve-fold. It says in the Pasuk, Ve'asita et me'il ha'efod And you will make the me'il ha'efod, the uh, robe Kalil techelet Pasuk calls the techelet that you use kalil Which we interpret to mean braided As she says gedil Ve'en gedil pachot mishnayim She goes braided So automatically you have Each string has to be two Ve'alif techelet techelet meparochet and then we make a Gezerah Shabbat on the word Techelet. This is the word Techelet by the Mi'il. This is the word Techelet by the Parochet. That would be the uh, curtain. Ma'alalan Shisha. Just like by the Parochet we learned it is six. Afkan Shisha. So to over here it is sixfold. So you have a braided sixfold. So automatically you're going to have twelve uh, strings in the Me'il. So comes again what else is Venilaf Meshulav Venimonav. Why don't you learn it from something that's attached to the Me'il itself, namely Venimonim? Yesterday's Gemara we learned that Venimonim actually each uh, thread was eightfold. It was three uh, threads, different threads by the Venimonim. Uh, and we said all together it was. 24 uh, fold on, on them So you had 8 on each one That was the case of Mozart And it says the word Techelet also By the Remonim So therefore learn 8 fold And therefore it will be 16 By the uh, Mi'il 
third line, Afkan Shmona. So comes the Gemara and says, Danin Kli Mikli. Rather learn a vessel from a vessel, meaning the Me'il, which is a Keli, to the Parochet, which is a vessel. The end Danin Kli Mitakshit Kli. You don't learn a Keli to an ornament of a Keli. The, the Munim are only ornamental to the Me'il. On the contrary, Danin Gufo Migufo. It's better to learn uh, things of like uh, likings to themselves. The me'il to what's attached to the me'il. The me'il to the demonim. It's gufo me gufo. It's self to itself. gufo me'alma. Instead of learning an item from somewhere else, meaning the parochet, which is nothing to do with the me'il. So the Gemara says, fine. Hainu damrinan lishar begadim shalom ne'emar bahem shesh. So okay. So we'll use the rule that we said in yesterday's daf. Yesterday we learned that the Torah said the word shesh several times. And the Gemara said that um, each time that it repeated the word shesh was to teach us a different derasha. And one of the things it taught us by the uh, extra shesh is that there's an item in the Torah that the word shesh is not written by, but the law of shesh applies. Now we're learning what that item is. That's the mi'il. It doesn't say shesh by the mi'il, but the rule of shesh sixfold applies. And therefore, since it's as if it says shesh by the me'il, and we know it has to be braided, so therefore six times uh, two, that's how we get twelve. So really, the source of me'il is from the word shesh that was written extra in the Torah. Now we go, parochet, that's the curtain, esrim ve'arba'ah. Okay, so we said that is indeed, that is twenty-four dalid shita shita. There are four species or four types of threads, six each. Because it says the word shesh by the parochet. And we say whenever it says shesh, it's sixfold. So you have the four different types of threads, so six times four, that gets to twenty-four. So the Gebarah says, lo dina lo dayana. Because when it comes to the parochet, there's no question. There's no judgment on it, there's no sefik. That's obvious. We know the parochet is twenty-four. We have uh, clear rules. As she says in the fourth line, Lo dina dina in There's no doubt uh, on this subject. Hoshen minalan. said the Hoshen, that's the breastplate of the Kohen. Gadol, the ephod would be the apron. So we said it was 28. So uh, where do you get that from? So give us dikhtiv, ve'asita hoshen mishpat. You'll make the breastplate. You'll make it like the apron. Zahav, Techelet, Argaman, the Tolachani, the Shesh, Mozav. So now the Gemara is going to analyze the different materials that were in the Hoshin. Arbara, the Shita, Shita. So you have four materials besides the zahab. You have the tchelet, you have argaman, tolat shani, and shesh. Those are four materials. And since it says shesh, so we know that it's got to be sixfold. So you have six times four. That brings you to what? Eslim barbaa. How are you going to get to 28 but? So the Gemara says zahab arbaa. There was also gold. They weaved gold also into the strings. So therefore, how much gold are you going to use? Four. That's 28. Now the Gemara is going to analyze, where did you get four for the gold? If everything else is six. So the Chaurah, the gold should be 
similar. So the Gemara says, Ve'ema zahab na'meshisha. Maybe when you weave the gold in, it's also got to be six. And uh, therefore you'll end up with 30. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar avaha bar Yaakov, Amar kerah. So the Gemara quotes a pasuk in Shemot, Ve'kitsetz betilim. So it says when they would uh, put these uh, strings of gold, it wasn't strings, it was actually, they would uh, take the metal, the gold, they make it very thin, and then they would make it into like thin strips, and right, and add it to the, uh, add it to the mixture. So it says, Vikisets, Pitilim, and you will cut, Vikisets is to cut, Pitilim, Pitilim is strips, so the Gebra says, Pitil, Pitilim, Harekan, Dalid, which means when you have a petil, petil is already uh, uh, petilim is two strips, okay, petilim, and it says the kitsets, you will cut them. So if you're cutting two strips, you're gonna end up with four. So then, with the fact that it's the kitsets petilim, that's how we know that there's only four strings of gold, and then that's how you get to twenty-eight. Kevara says that Hashem Amar, Hashem is a different answer. Rabbi says, Amar Kera, the Pasuk says, La'asot betoch ha-techelet, u-betoch ha-argaman. The Pasuk says, that where did you put these gold uh, strips, these gold strings we'll call them? You weave them into the techelet, to the, the blue string, into the argaman. So which means in all the materials that you had, you had four materials by the Choshen Mishpat. So in the four materials, you would weave in them the gold strings. Now, how would you do that? Hechi na'avid. How did you weave them together? Na'avid arba'a ditre Which means, if you're going to weave uh, four, into four, into all four, which means you're going to weave um, two each, mean two, 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 and two, have a do temanya. Then you're going to have eight, which means you're not going to have uh, six, which means the, the the minimum subject you can have. We're saying four, but the logical thing was six because it says the word shish. That says you have to weave the strings of gold into what each of the four items. So let's analyze how, how much strings of gold did you weave in these four items? Two a piece can be. That gets you eight. There's no there's no number eight. Uh, it's got to be either six or four. So it comes again and says, Na'avid tre de tre tre. Two out of the uh, threads, weave them with two pieces of gold. That'll get you to four. Vitre de had had. And the other two do single threads of gold. So you have two, two, one, and one. So that brings you to six. So therefore, maybe the gold is six. We got to figure out now the the, the 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 how they divvied up the gold amongst the four strings. So the Gemara assumed the beginning. Well, maybe they divided up equal two each. Can't be two each. They get eight. There's no number eight. That, that that's not uh, there's no source for number eight. It's either shesh or you want to say it's four. Okay, fine. I get the six a different way. Do two on one string, two on another string, one and one. Arbitrarily, because I got to get to number six. So the Gemara says that can't be the Asita. The Torah says the Asita regarding the Hoshen uh, Mishpat. Mm-hmm. Shiyu kol Asiyotav Shavot. 
And we learned that every string that you make has to be equal. Each one is the same. Now, if each one is the same, you can't put two gold, two gold, one gold, and one gold. They're not the same. So you have to figure out how do you divide up equal. So the only way to divide up equal is how? One each. <laughs> one gold on each one, and therefore you get four strands of gold. So it comes out, that's how we get the 28 of the Hoshim Mishpat Nefod. Again, you have four strings, four threads. Sechelet, Argaman, Tolat, Shani, and Shesh. Six each, that's 24. Plus, you weave one gold strand in each one of the four threads with it. Therefore, it's another four that gets you to 28. So that's the way that Asher understands. Amar Rehava. Okay, new point. Amar Rehava, Amar Rav Yehuda. Hamkareya Begdeh Kehuna. Somebody comes and rips the Begdeh Kehuna. Loke. That is punishable by Malkut, lashes. Because we have a Pasuk that says, Lo yikareya. Regarding the clothes of the Kohen, the Pasuk says, Lo yikareya. They shall not rip. But Kifla, Rav Ahabar Yaakov, Rav Ahabar Yaakov has a question. Maybe this is what the Pasuk was saying. Na'avid le safa ki echi delo nikara. Make a hem for the clothes of the Kohenim. In order that it doesn't rip, which is maybe they're just giving you advice. Yeah, she put a hem around the collar. Why? Don't let the, uh, the garment doesn't rip. If you want to get the full pasuk, the full pasuk says like this: Daya piro shobetocho safaye lepiv saviv maase oreg kefi tahraye lo yikaraya. The pasuk is actually talking about making a rim. Uh, or a, a, a hem by the by the collar of the uh, ketonet, and then it says lo yikareya. So that just sounds like it's advice. Well, when you have a, 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 a collar or a hem at the end of the garment, so it, it reinforces it. So now you can't uh, tear it. So who told you to learn lo yikareya as a lo taseh? It's a lot. Lo yikareya, don't rip them. So the Gemara says miketiv she lo yikara. The pasuk would have then said in order that it doesn't. Rip. But the person says, Lo yikaraya, which is telling you, don't rip it. So therefore it's a lab. And therefore it is punishable by Malkut if the garments are uh, ripped. On purpose. on purpose? Of course, you only get Malkut if you did it on purpose. So Lo yikaraya, do not rip. If a guy ripped the garments of the Kohen Gadol on purpose, he's going to get Malkut. Comes again when says, Be'amar Bilazad, Hameziyah Hoshen Me'al Ha'efod. Okay, now you have the uh, Hoshin, that's the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. As you remember, the breastplate had the, also the 12 stones, right, uh, that were uh, hung on it, connected the 12 Shabbatim. And that's resting on the Ephod, that rests on the apron. Okay, the straps connected to the apron. So somebody that moves the Hoshin off the apron. The Mesir Badearon, or for that matter, another thing. He takes out the poles from the rings that are in the Aron. Remember in the Aron you had rings on both sides and they would stick poles in them, they were called the Badim and in the, uh, in the Mishkan they would use them to carry the uh, Aron. So it says Shina Imar, how do we know? Because by the Hoshin it says the word Loyizah. Loyizah means you should not detach it. And by the Badim it says Veloyasuru. You should not remove them. So clearly see two Lavim. Lo yizah, velo yasuru. Matkif, la rabba qabar yaakov, vedilma, maybe, 
Hadkika Malachmana. Maybe what Torah is saying by the Choshen is like this: Hadkinu, which means fasten it nicely, fasten the Choshen to the apron nicely. Ve'avdinu and do it in a way shapir good. Just maybe again, it's just advice. Velo yizah, meaning don't let it uh, slide off. Doesn't move. And velo yasuru, velo yasuru, miketiv shelo yizah shelo yasuru. I say the same thing by the badim. When you when you put the badim in the in the um, hole in the tabaot of the aron, do it in a way that they won't come out. So comes the government says, Miketiv shelo yizah v'shelo yasuru. Again, same same argument. Does it say so it doesn't move and so it doesn't slide out or be removed? Doesn't say. It says lo yizah and lo yasuru, which is teaching us it's a lab. That if anybody that takes it out, indeed, is all there in isur. Comes the government now and analyzes the biyosim and the biyachalina and make it The biyosim and the biyachalina brought a contradiction in pesukim. We have one pasuk that says, I just want to read it the correct way. The pasuk says, Betabe'ot ha'aron yihiyu ha'badim. In the rings of the aron will be the poles, the badim. Lo yasuru mimenu. They will not leave it. Lo yasuru, which means they don't move from that, uh, from that place. Now, we have another pasuk, Vehuva et badav, and you will place the badim, batabaot. Now, placing it is mashma, that they weren't there. Now, obviously, you were moving them if you're placing them. So, they'll make up your mind. The first pasuk is mashma, they stay in the tabaot. From the second pasuk is mashma, you're placing it in. Look at Rashi. Ketiv lo yasuru, alma enzazim mehem. It's they don't move. Uchtiv veveta. You will bring them. Alma, which means they're moving. Make up your mind. So give us high kids. So give us make stay compromise of the two pesukim. Mitparekin, they are actually in the tabot loosely. Ve'en nishmatin. However, they do not come out. So therefore, in the uh, holes themselves, they're able to. To move, they're able to move them in the. You just cannot remove them totally. That's she. With parkin veneshvatim berashen hayu avim. The poles at the head of them they were thick. Correct. They got thicker. Vechnis roshan echad bedohak betabat. They would stick it in to the tabat to get it into the hole. Ubeemsa hayu dakin. In the middle they were narrower, thinner. They weren't flush against the tabaot, or it was a tight fit. It was a loose fit. You were able to slide them across in the tabaot themselves. But they, they would never fall out. Again, since they were thick at the head, they didn't fall out of the bowl. So when the pasuk says they remain in, you never take them out. What is this? It just means that they had. Right. right, they were movable in the Tabaot themselves because of their Shi'ur. Uh, we have a bright and a support this principle we just said. The Tabaot. Ha'aron, you are Badim. Right, the tabaot, in the Tabaot, you had the Badim. Yachon, lo you Zazim, the Mekoman. You tell me what? You have to be in the, in the rings and they don't move. Tamud Omar, Vehuva, et Badab, the Tabaot. Vehuva's Mashma. You bring them. You bring them in and out. 
So make up your mind. How do you compromise it? Does it have to remain in or are you able to move it in and out? No, the Pasuk says it's got to remain in the Badim. The Badim has to remain in the Tabaot. They're able to they're loosely uh, uh, placed in, but they're not, uh, they don't come out totally. Amar Rabbi Hama Rabbi Hanina. Now, the Kedashim were the uh, boards, we'll call them, that uh, were in the Mishkan, and they made up the wall, right, that surrounded the uh, perimeter of the Mishkan. So it says it was made out of cedar wood, <coughs> called that the uh, Ase Shitim, or uh, called it Acacia wood. But the Pazu doesn't just say Ase Shitim, it says Ase Shitim Omedim, that it was. A cedar wood or acacia wood that was standing. So the Gemara says, "What does standing mean?" My dichtiv, Amar of Hamab be the Bichanila. My dichtiv, Atzis Shitim Omedim. So the Gemara gives different interpretations. Number one, Shomedim Derek Gedilatan. The way you uh, positioned it uh, as the boards, as the walls of the Mishkan, it was in the position that they grow. The bottom on the bottom and the top on the top, which means that they cut it from the tree. That's the same position that they uh, placed it surrounding the mishkan. Uh, so omdim, omdim, they stood kederech gedilatan, like they grow. That's one interpretation. omdim shemaramidim itzipuyan. They hold up. Omdim is they hold up. They stand. They hold up the gold uh, plate around it. The uh, kedashim were plated with gold. Okay, now how did they keep the gold plate on it? So they would like put nails in the uh, sides of the kedashim, and the kedashim would then hold up the plate that was around it. So on deep, they hold up what's around it. That she gives an alternate interpretation that the wood of the kedashim that never became wormy. If it would uh, become decayed, what would happen to the uh, to the sipui? It would fall off. So the omdim, they would hold up well, meaning the sipui would not fall off because the wood itself would not uh, become uh, spoiled. Comes the Gemara and gives a different interpretation. Omdim, they stand as if they have endurance, which means for the long haul. Maybe you're going to say. Abad Sibran, which means that their promise has been lost, Ubatel Sikuyan, and their hope is nullified. Talmud Lomar, Omdim, Sheomdim, Leonam, Ulaulamim, which means these items over here, they're eternal. Which means even after the Mishkan uh, was uh, 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 non functional anymore, don't think that they lost hope with these Kirashim. They're still around. Where are they? They're somewhere. They're on Deem. They're They are somewhere and they are still around. Comes the Gemara and continues. Ve'amar Rabbi Hamabar Harina. Okay, now we're going to go to the Bigdeh Kodesh, the Bigadim of Aaron. What is it called them? It Bigdeh. Haserad Lesharet Bakodesh. Now, from the fact that Torah calls the Begadim Begdeh Serad, Serad, as she says, is Lashon Sarid. Sarid means leftovers or remnants. 
So why would you call the garments of the Kohen the garments that are left over or that remain? So the Gemara is going to if it wasn't for the big day kehuna, lo nishtayed misonehen shel Yisrael saridu palit. There would not be a remnant of the enemies of Israel. That's the way of saying Israel. Even a uh, even one, which means in the zechut of the big day kehuna, that when the Kohanim wore them. They brought the korbanot, and Amiyasir received kapara, so it's called Bigdesirad. Which means there's only remnants of Israel today because of the Bigde uh, Kona that the Kohanim brought, the war, I should say, when they brought the korbanot. That's the way Rashi says, top one in Rashi, on the right column. That Rabbeinu Eliyakim has a different interpretation. He says, "Sha'adayin hen kayamin beromi." Says the clothes of the Kohen Gadol are still somewhere in Rome today. Umit kaprim adayin al Yisrael, and still just—they're not even being worn by a Kohen, obviously. Just in their existence, they're giving kapara to Yisrael, and that's why they are called big day serat. Comes the Gemara and says. Rab Shemuel ben Nachmani Amar Deber Rabbi Shimon Tana. You learned in the Bet Midrash of Rabbi Shimon. Begadim. These are garments. Shegurdin otan kibriatan mechlehen. Which means when they weave the garments of the Kohen is weaved. Marase Ariga. When they weave it on the loom, so the garment was ready to wear right when it came off the loom which seems to be a novelty because usually after you take it off the loom you still have to now uh, you know shape it and sew it to make it to the proper uh, measurements so first of all these kelim over here they put it on the loom and right when it came off the loom it was ready however um klum. there was just a little piece left over which was again a novelty they call it big deserat and normally there's a lot uh, left over after you take it off the loom, you have to cut, and you have to, you know, reshape it, etc. Here, when you took it off the loom, that little drop was uh, a remnants, we'll call them, and everything else was ready to wear. Now she says, in the second line, Shigurdin uh, Otan, so weaving them, Kibriyatan, right? like they're supposed to be, like they're supposed to be worn, Mikhlein, from their keli, from the loom. When you, when you cut it off and you take it off the loom, which is they already hollow, ready to, you know, it was shaped already. Right? He can just stick his hands in. Normally, after you take it off the loom, you have to start sewing it, you know, to connect the sleeves and, and all that. You have pieces. So comes again and says, Mayhi, what is this uh, referring to? So comes the Gemara says, "V'shlakish amar elu maase mahat." That was referring to the maase mahat, which means there was uh, some remnants that he still had to uh, sew. Where was the sewing? Uh, so we'll see now. Gemara meti ve'bigde keona en osin oto maase mahat el maase oreg. What are you talking about? There was no sewing by the clothes of the Kohen. It was all Maase Oreg. Shnei Mar Maase Oreg. 
Amar Abaye, Lonska Elle Betiad Shilahem. It's referred to the Betiad. The Betiad will be the cuff of the garments. Kidetanya Betiad Shabig de Kiona Nere Gibifnatsma. They wove it separately, the cuff. Then they would sew it on to the garment. And it would uh, reach the palm. Which means it, was, uh, it wasn't exactly a fit to the wrist, but it went beyond the wrist to the pisat yad. It reached the, uh, the middle of, let's say, the palm of the kohen. Okay, that's the Maase Mahat. So it was majority done by weaving, and in the last part they would sew the, uh, the sleeve on at the end. This was all the clothes of the Kwanin, that's the way they were made. Amar Rehaba, Amar Yuda, new point. Gemara now discusses the uh, three boxes that comprised the Aron. Now let's uh, talk about it outside for a second. The Aron, the Ark, was made of three boxes. The middle box was all wood. But the Torah says that it has to be plated inside and outside with gold. Now what they could have done was just plate it with gold on the inside and the outside. But the Torah says no. They actually plated it by placing other boxes of gold inside of it and outside of it. By placing a gold box in the out in the middle box, we'll call it. So now the inside of that box became plated by the outer walls of the inner box. Right? They would inlay it. They would inlay it. They would drop it in. Smaller box, obviously, that fits in. They would drop it in. Now it's it's uh, the middle box is all wood on the inside and the outside. So they would drop a second box inside it. Now the inner walls of the middle box are plated with gold. We'll get to the rim and the. Uh-huh. Outside of the box, they would drop it into a bigger box, correct? And therefore, the outside of the middle box now was plated. And now the rim of the uh, wood box, so they would also be plated. The Gemara is going to tell us that they would actually place the kaporet. The kaporet would fit on top of the, uh, which is the, the uh, cover, would cover the uh, uh, boxes. We'll see how. And therefore, everything was gold on all sides. And the Gemara explains. The Gemara explains. Amar Hava Amarav Shalosh Aronot Asab B'Tzalel. B'Tzalel, when he made the Mishkan, he made three arcs, three boxes. Imsa Aishel Aitz. Okay, the middle box is made out of wood. Tishah, and its shiur was nine tefahim. Okay. Pinimi, the inner box, Shilzahav. Shimona, it was eight. Now, if it's eight and you drop it in, it's not going to cover the whole inside. So, uh, how is it going to cover the whole inside? You need to cover nine. So that she says, Pinimi, Shilzahav, Chet, Tefahim, Govo, Mibachutz. Im Ovi Shulav, that's including the thickness of the uh, base. You have to factor in the base. Now the base of the middle one was also a tefah. So if it's altogether nine tefahim, plus a base 
of a tefal, so it's really eight. So on the inside, you only have to cut plate eight. eight. So therefore, the box that you put in is perfect. It'll cover the whole. Yes, it'll cover the whole inside of the box. Now, how do we know? By the way, it was nine because the pasuk says ama vahetsi orko. Now, uh, an ama is six tefahim, so ama vahetsi is uh, six and three. So that's how we know nine. Now, vehitzon. That would be the outer box, asara umashu. So it was ten and a drop. Now let's explain uh, that Rashi. Vehison shazav also had to be gold because you're not plating the outside of the wooden box. Yud umashu tishah keneged gova imsai. It's nine keneged which you need to plate on the outside of the uh, middle box. Umashu. Right, including the mashu of the uh, base, right, the base. The tefa asiri. Now, what was the tefa asiri? We said ten and a mashu. Ole lemul ovi a kaporet shu tefa omechaseh ibur a kaporet daron. Which means the uh, outer box was an extra tefa. Went up, a little high, so when you put the kaporet in, it it was recessed, exactly, which is another kaporet, the cover, what kaporet is the cover of the aron, it was placed inside. So therefore you had nine, a mashu was the base of it, so it's nine in a mashu, plus an extra tefah, ten and a mashu now, what? In order that when you cover it, the cover will be uh, inside, inlaid into the flush with the uh, walls of the uh, box, the outer box. So that's the it's logic. Its base, <laughs> outer base, was a mashu. Okay, you have nine to cover the outside uh, or the wooden, and then an extra tefa for the cover to be flush with it. Comes so again. Let's review the three uh, boxes. The outer one was nine. Uh, the inner one was, uh, uh, I mean, the middle one was nine, and the, uh, the one inner was uh, nine, which is really eight, and then you have the outer one, which is ten, and a mashu, which we need nine of it to cover the walls, mashu for the base, and then a tefah for the cover. Comes again, what on says, that Tanya, we have a brighter. Ahad asar umashu. Oh, we have a shita that says that the Outer box was actually eleven and a half. So comes again and says, "Lakasha ha keman damar yesh beobiot tefach ha keman damar in beobiot tefach." So so just going on a machloket over here. How thick was the uh, was the um, was the base? That she says, "Vehatanya hadasarumashu." So she on the right column. Which means someone to say that the gold, the thickness of the gold at the base was also a tefah. So that would give you 11 and a half. Which means besides the base being uh, having a, a, a shi'ud to it, right? But the it was plated. The base is of wood. Right. So the just like the base of the wood had a shi'ud, so it was plated also. So therefore you say the gold also. So Koytrish, that's 11 and a half. The plating also was an extra tefah. Koytrish, it was 10 and a half. No, that plating was not a tefah. Let's review now the three boxes of the Aron. Again, the middle box, which is all wood. Torah says, Amabahetzi komato. That would be nine uh, tefahim high. 
Now again, that would, of course, if you were measuring it from the outside, it would be nine all the way down. Of course, that would be including its base from the outside. If you're measuring it on the inside, you do have to factor in that it does have a base, which was a tefah, and therefore technically you only have to cover eight of wall. Hence, the inner box was eight tefahim. So when you stuck the inner box in, it would cover the entire uh, wall from the inside of gold. Okay, now you have to cover the outside. And the outside of the wooden box was nine tefahim, as we mentioned. So it says the outer box, according to one opinion, was ten umashu. So very good. It would cover nine of the wall. The mashu was its base. Uh, and the extra tefah was actually went above the boxes in order when they took the kaporet, which is the cover, they would inlay it to cover a flush across the entire uh, box. Now, or the entire top. Uh, that's one opinion. There was another opinion that said that the outer box was actually 11. The language of the Gemara is 11 umashu. Now the way to get 11 would be is the actual box itself, let's say, is 9. You have the one tefah that rises above for the kaporet, and then there was an extra tefah of base. So the Mephashim do point out that when you say 11, you don't have to say 11 umashu, because uh, the mashu was the base. Now we're discussing the base is actually a tefah. So therefore it's actually either 10 in a mashu or 11. Comes the Gemara and continues. And the Gemara says... Umay uh, mashu, and what was this uh, mashu? So comes the Gemara and says zev, which means on the top of the uh, aron, they would have, on the outer uh, box. You would have what's called a zed, which would be a crown that actually went across, like a ring, a crown that went across. Amar of the Gemara comes along and explains this and says. There were actually three crowns on different uh, vessels. Shemizbayah, Veshel Aron, Veshel Shulchan. That would be the altar, the Aron, the ark, and the table. Shemizbayah, Zacha Aharon, Venetalo. The Mizbeah, that was the crown, we'll call it, of Aharon. So to speak, Keter Keonak. Because a crown has like the. Uh, the uh, the Zed is the uh, is a crown. Zed is a crown, actually. So we call that the Mizbeach is Keter Kihuna. That's Aaron's, and he was okay for that. Shel Shulchan, the crown of the Shulchan, Zachad David Benetado. David Melech was okay, and he uh, took that. The Shulchan is a siman of Malchut, because the Shulchan represents Oshed. There's wealth on the Shulchan. So that's Keter Malchut. Shel Aaron. Who was okay to get the keter of the Aaron, the crown of the Aaron? Adain Munahu. That's resting for everybody. Anybody wants to take that crown of Torah? You don't have to be a Kohen, you don't have to come from the Davidic dynasty. The crown of, of, of Torah is there for the taking. Maybe you'll say, hey, maybe it's less. Maybe it's uh, less valuable than the other Kitarim. After all, anybody can take it. Kamara says, Tamud Lomar, Bi Melachim Yimlochu. Through the Torah, the Torah makes kings. Which means the Torah is able to elevate a person to a status of a king. Which means that's already the highest level. Which means uh, the king's power, where does it emanate from? From the Torah. The Torah must be higher than all of them. Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Ketiv. 
Rabbi Yohanan brings a contradiction in the Pesukim. Ketiv Zar. The way the Torah writes this crown, the Torah writes it Zayin Rish, which you read it Zar, which means like a, a stranger. Vekarinan Zir. But we read it as if it's written Zayin Yudresh, meaning Zir. So how do you reconcile it? Is it Zar, which is a stranger, or is it Zir? Or is it a crown? So the Gemara says, Zaha Naasito Zir. If you zocheh, the Torah will become to you a crown. No zacha. If you don't have the zechut, zarahemenu, it'll leave you. Now what is this referring to? That she says, three, four lines on the bottom on the right side. Zacha lilmod lishma ulkayema. If you're learning for the right reasons and you're fulfilling what you're learning, then already the Torah becomes a crown for a person. However, if a person doesn't learn the Shem Shamayim, now, uh, then already the Torah will leave him. Now, it should be pointed out that when we say not the Shem Shamayim, we don't mean for Kavod and ulterior motives like that, because the Gemara Pesachim does say a person should learn, at least in the beginning, So what she means over here, meaning he's learning to uproot the Torah, you know, to criticize it, or uh, he's learning the Kanter, exactly, to dispute, and uh, uh, to elevate himself, so therefore, that type of learning, that Torah is not going to stay by him, he'll forget it. God tells Moshe in the singular, you shall make an Aron Etz. But the Pasuk says they made. So make it up. Was it done by the individual or was it done by the, the people? From here we see that it's incumbent upon the people of the city to do the work of the scholar. Jesus Moshe's job was what? But they didn't let him do it. What does the pastor say? Vasu. They did it for him. Which means the job of the Tamid Achabim should be done by others. Okay? Comes the Gemaran says, So you had to plate the wood box from the inside and from the outside. Mibayit umihutz. Amaraba, we learn a lesson from over here. The symbolism. A scholar has to be through and throughout. He has to be pure. Which is just like the wooden box. It was gold on the outside and gold on the inside. A true scholar should not be on the outside showing, let's say, uh, an impression of righteousness and of purity. But on the inside, he's lacking in Hachamayim. Oh, he has to be pure through and throughout. Which is a tamid hakam that does not have irat shamayim, does not have fear of God, he is called loathsome. Which means he's called nitav as loathsome, literally means taunted. That is a person that drinks the waters of iniquity. In the waters of sin. He learns, but he doesn't have that He doesn't practice what he's learning. It, uh, therefore, it's considered abominable what he's doing. What does the pasuk mean? Why does the kisil, the imbecile, have merchandise? To buy, uh, to buy wisdom. But he doesn't have a heart. What is this talking about over here? He has money, let's say, to buy wisdom. But what? He doesn't have a heart. What is this referring to? 
Woe to the enemies of the Tamid Achim, which means the Tamid Achim themselves. They learn Torah. But they do not have fear of God. What happens to them? So the Pasuk says on them, he has the goods, which means he has the, the Torah. However, they live ayin. He doesn't have the heart, which is he doesn't have yirat shamayim. Machriz abiyanai. Abiyanai used to announce haval. Whoa, al delet le darta. A person who doesn't have a courtyard, the taral darte avid. But he makes a door to the courtyard that he doesn't have, which means the Torah is like a door. It's an entrance in order to bring you to yirat shamayim. But if you just have the door, but you don't have the chatser behind it, so then your Torah is worthless. Which you go to a guy that has a door that leads to a courtyard, but doesn't have a courtyard. If you're just learning Torah, you got the door. But it didn't lead to the chatser. He says, please, uh, you'll forgive me. With permission. Don't inherit twice Gehinnam. What does it mean? A person that's going to learn Torah in this world without Yirat Shamayim, so he's going to get double Gehinnam. Why? He's going to get Gainam in the next world because he didn't have Yirat Shamayim. But he's also going to get Gainam in this world because he, he didn't enjoy himself to the fullest level because he was uh, learning the Torah. Which means he's going to get double Gainam. He suffered over here and he's going to suffer over there. Look at uh, that she. Uh, one, two, three, five lines out on the left column. You're toiling and working to study Torah in this world. You're not going to fulfill what you're learning. What's going to end up happening? You didn't enjoy here, you're not going to enjoy there. The Torah says, this is the Torah that Moshe placed. Now, seemingly the Torah should have used the word Asher Limed Moshe. This is the Torah that Moshe taught. What does it mean, Sam? So Sam can also mean uh, like a... Um, uh, 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 an ointment or medicine. Sam. If a person has a drug, if a person has the zechut, the Torah becomes a drug of life. Right. It becomes a drug of death. It becomes poison. And what does he mean, zakha? If a person learns the proper way, which means the Shem Shamayim, and also he applies himself in order to understand his learning, what he's, what he's studying, the Torah becomes Samayim. It's a drug of life. It brings him beracha. But if a person doesn't apply himself, and therefore when he's studying, he's making mistakes, and he doesn't learn the proper way, then the Torah becomes a drug of, of, uh, of death. Now, it's just like a regular drug, it only is beneficial if you take it the right way. Gee, there's a certain dosage, there's a certain way you have to take it. The same joy that can bring life, if you don't take it the right way, can also be detrimental. So the same, the Torah the Torah is Sam, Moshe. The Torah is Sam, it's a, it's a medicine, it's a drug. You have, to very, you have to take it according to the instructions in order for it to be beneficial. This is what Rabbah said. If a person is skillful in the study of Torah, meaning he's expert, he knows what he's doing, it's an elixir of life. But if he's not skillful in it, Sama Demota is actually a drug of Hasb Shalom death. And again, that's when he doesn't study the Shamaim or he's not applying himself to understand what he's learning, and therefore he does not have the proper understanding. The ways of God are straight, or the statutes of God are straight. And it brings a person happiness. I mean, the study of Torah brings happiness to a person. 
the ways of God are the words of God, which is the Torah, is sirufa. Sirufa literally means this pasuk, it purifies a person, which means like a metal. When you burn it, so it takes out all the impurities. But from the simple interpretation of the pasuk, it's much about sirufa, as the Torah burns the person. You just told me it makes a person happy. Now you're telling me it burns the person. Sirufa! Again, if you learn Torah the right way, you study the Shem Shamayim, you review your learning, you understand what you're learning, you have uh, 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 the right uh, understanding, then everybody brings happiness. Lo zakha, sodafto. But if he doesn't study the right way, has shalom, that she says, yisurin v'gehinam. It can lead to affliction and gehinam. Neshtakish amah migufetik lanafka. I don't need a contradiction of Pesukim. I can learn it from the Pesuk itself. Zakha, sodafto lehayim. Lo zakha, sodafto lemita. Which means, <clears throat> it depends. Either the fire will be a fire of purification, that's a good fire, or but then the fire will be of Yisurin Gehinam. From the Pasuk itself, Tsirufa, it depends. Sometimes you have Tsirufa Hayim, the burning of life, which is good. Sometimes Borelam punishes the Sadiqim in this world, uh, just in order to clean them 100%, or to give them Yisurin in this world, to so get bonus, Yisurin Shalaba, and Olam Abba. That's a good uh, purification. Otherwise, God has the shalom. It says sodafto legehinam. He burns them because he didn't study Torah the right way. Yirat Hashem Torah omed etad. Does a person that yirat shamayim pure omed etad stands forever? Amar bihayna zehalomed Torah betahara. This is a person who yirat shamayim that stands forever. This is a guy that learns Torah in purity. How do you learn Torah in purity? Ma'ihi no isha Torah. First he gets married and then he studies. Which means when a person gets married first, as she says, Nitzol You say from bad thoughts. That's the way you study Torah betahara. You get married and then already your Torah is uh, such. Next point, Edu Tashem Neemana. The Torah is a witness. The Torah is a testimony for the person. The Torah actually is going to testify on its learners if they kept the Torah that they studied or not. Which is the witness is going to be the Torah itself. And she says, The Torah itself is going to be the witness. So some explain, because every time you fulfill a mitzvah, you create a malach. And every time you create an avera, you create a malach. So the sin and the mitzvah itself are the witnesses. The malach comes along, I'm the witness. What's the proof? I'm here. <laughs> the fact that I was created must be, he did the mitzvah. Which means the biggest witness is going to be the Torah itself and the mitzvah, whether we fulfilled or not. Hold on.